Welcome to Bear Creek AG's online service podcast. We're so glad that you tuned in with us today. We upload a new service every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. So we look forward to having you tune in with us again. Here's today's message. Oh, one thing. God's here today. He showed up for me today if He didn't show up for you. You know, when I first got here, I said, you know what? People are going to have preacheritis today and they ain't going to show up. You ain't got preacheritis. You're here. And if I want Pastor Tony to know that, I guess it'll be on there, won't it? <laughs> I'm telling you. You can't do nothing around here. They got evidence on you no matter what you do. Did you know that they have a dial-up prayer for atheists? They dial it up and rings and rings and rings and rings and rings and nobody answers. We got a dial-up prayer that you can do on your knees every day, and He answers every day. How do I know that? You get my age, you'll have some answered in your lifetime. You may not get them answered when you want, but you'll get them. God will do what He said He will do, and He's promised me some things, and I'm trying to hold them to it. But He holds me to things that I say and do, and sometimes I wonder about it. Some of y'all got the joke on this side. So I'm just going to stay over here on this side. A man, a man named Harold, not the Harold back there, was a devoted reader of the obituaries. I check those every day. I make sure my name ain't there. And if it's there, I'm going to tell God, I'll come on when I get ready, Lord. But anyway, Harold read the obituaries every day, and he was proud to tell everybody, hey, I read them again today. So one day his friends got together. He must not have good friends, but they got together and they went to the newspaper and they put an article on Harold in the newspaper and said he had died. Harold read it. He called up his best friend and he said, did you see the paper? Did you see the paper? The guy said, yeah. He said, did you see my obituary? He said, yeah, where are you calling from? Now that was better on this side. But that side ain't been real good since I got here. I want to talk to you today about our wealth. How rich are we in Christ today? How, how close do we walk to God all the time? Do we walk as close as we want? Do we miss Him? Do we actually go back to the, when we first got saved and think about how it felt and what you had to tell all your friends and what they had to tell you about how it ain't going to last? Any of your friends ever tell you that? They probably wasn't your friend. Somebody tell you that God's not real, they're not your friend. Somebody tells you we need to take God out of certain places, they're not my friend. I don't think God wants us to not proclaim that too, by the way. They may come when we can't, but right now I'm going to tell you that whoever tells you God ain't real don't know what He's talking about. Well, have you ever heard Him? Oh, yeah. Most of the time in the wee hours of the morning, I'm asking him, why, Lord, I need to sleep at least two more hours. But he knows I'm retired, so he does that to me, JP. You'll be there one day. You won't laugh so hard then, but I'm just kidding. But I want to read you, read some scripture to you, and I'll get into my message. Turn with me if you would, if you've got your John, you've got your John, if you've got your Bible. <laughs> I don't guess you could drag that around with you. But anyway... <laughs> 
<laughs> I'll just go ahead. That's the best I got. It's time to go, isn't it? John chapter 3, verses 1 through 17. I'm going to read all of them. I'm going to read them. I got a new Bible the other day, a brand new one. And you know what it is? Giant print. Praise God for giant print. If you don't like giant print, y'all, it'll come. I'm telling you guys, it'll be here. The giant print will come. But anyway, there was a man of the Pharisees. There's always a man of the Pharisees, but this guy was important named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. Now, I've often wondered about Nicodemus. Did they call him Nick or did they call him Demas? He's got two, two or three names there, ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night. Now, why wouldn't a ruler of the Jews or, or a member of the Pharisees come to Jesus in the daytime? We're going to find out why here in a little while. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. When is America going to wake up and realize that the same God that Nicodemus is talking about is the same God that's moving in this church this morning? When are we going to wake up and realize that we can't keep walking and talking like we walked and talked me, me 40 years ago? When are we going to wake up and realize that prayer is the most important part of our day? How many of you like a good breakfast? Man, you give me a sausage? You know, the doctor says I ain't supposed to have those. He don't know nothing. Them sausages is good for you. Ain't they, brother? I likes them sausage. I ain't supposed to eat nothing that tastes good. He said, spit it out. Dr. Mubarak is a good doctor. But I can't do those kind of things. I have to sometimes step out. There came a man to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do the miracles that you do except God be with him. You know, the world needs to realize that. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, when, when you hear that verily, verily, and it's in red, listen up. Jesus is saying something. I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he can't see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, how can a man be born again when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, I like Jesus. He's real cool. Here's what he said to this leader. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, but be born of water and of the Spirit, he can't enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. Now the wind blows where it wants to. And you hear the sound, but you can't tell where it came from, and you can't tell where it goes. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou master of Israel, and you don't know these things? Verily, verily, I say unto you, We speak that we do know, and testify that we have seen, and you receive not our witness. If I have told you earthly things, and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? No man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man who is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. And whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world. Mm. 
for God so loved the world, for God so loved the world, for God so loved me that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Father, we thank You this morning, God already, for Your presence in this place. I pray, God, that as I bring this message this morning, that I know it's the message that You've given me, but I pray, Lord, it will be with clarity. I pray today that it would be You speaking, using Your uh, messenger. And Lord, I pray for a move of Your Spirit right now, Lord, as we study Your Word. I thank You today again, Lord, for Your presence in this place. Believing today that where You are, there's help. Where You are, there's, there's hope. And where You are, there's peace of mind, strength, Lord, that we can't draw from any other source. Healing, Lord, that doctor can't even believe. I know today that You're here, and I know today that You're fixing to move in our services today. What makes us unsure of our walk with God? Our jobs? Our position in life? The things we go to and the places we go to? What makes us uh, unsure of our walk with God? Does being successful? Sometimes you can't serve God and be successful. Nobody raised their hand when I said that either. That's a good time to be serving God. Because if you're successful, how many people can you touch that you wouldn't touch if you weren't successful? Helen and I went out to eat the other night, and uh, I won't tell you where because uh, I just won't tell you where. But anyway, we're you know, then you'll find out who did this, and I still don't know. I got no idea. But anyway, we we ate and had a good good time, and and she was able to stay out a little while and. But anyway, we got to start to leave, and the waiter came over to the table, and he said, a, a, a lovely couple has already taken care of your bill, your tab. I said, where's that lovely couple at? He said, they told me not to tell you. I said, you ain't getting a tip from me, bud. I want to know who's helping me out here. I never found out, but I left JP, and I thought, that's something. Ain't you go to a restaurant expecting to pay whatever you paid? You ain't got to pay a dime. I said, baby, you know what that means? She said, what? I said, we'll go out tomorrow night. We'll spend some money. But we didn't. <laughs> but I'm saying, sometimes a blessing comes your way even when you're not the biggest successful man on the block. A lot of people gauge how they live on success. I know that, and they should. But is being important, unimportant, being natural, trying to be what we ain't, now, I don't know anyone like this, especially Christians. All these things will keep us from a closer walk and a relationship with Jesus. But Nicodemus was hampered by something that most folks don't try to develop. Nicodemus was hampered by being too smart for his own good. You ever know anybody just knew everything? Every time you got around them, they had to add something to the conversation. We used to have a guy that worked with us, and we'd set him up. This was when I was a, I was a, I was, I'd just do those kind of things. But he knew everything. There was nothing this guy didn't know. If you talked about gold and how gold tarnishes and all that, he'd tell you how to clean the gold. He said, I spent seven years in the Marine Corps, seven years in the Air Force, 
seven years in the Navy. Well, there was an older guy that worked with us. At that time, he was old. I was a young fella then. But anyway, Junior said, that guy's crazy. He couldn't serve in those three parts of the service and be as skilled as he was in all those positions without serving 100 years. I said, well, he said he did. He said, I don't care. He's lying. How many of us know somebody that knows everything? And you want to just grab them around the nap of the neck and say, would you listen to me just a minute? They're not going to, but anyway. But Nicodemus was hampered by something most, peace, most people uh, try to develop. Nicodemus was hampered by being too smart for his own good. Daddy used to say, you're too big for your britches. But anyway, you ever meet someone who was an intellectual? I think these verses pretty well tell us that Nicodemus was hampered by his intellectualism. In other words, he wasn't as smart as he thought he was. What is an intellectual? That could be a smart person. That could be somebody that thinks they're smart. That could be somebody that'll wow you with their smarts. I don't like them kind of people. I used to, I used to be a supervisor and engineer, and I, I'm not an engineer, never have been, don't want to be. But when you deal with an engineer, them dudes are smart. Most of them dudes know what they're doing. Most of them can tell you about the equipment that you just bought. They know everything. You know what I learned about them? Give them something they can't handle and then ask them how smart they are. That's not what we're supposed to do. But Nicodemus was a smart man. We'll find out how smart here in a little while. He wasn't as smart as he thought he was, though. You ever wonder what God was thinking about when he made man? God, I got, I'm going to make him in my image. He'll do what I say. The first two children he had didn't do what the father said. And... My two children all their lives, I can relate to that. I didn't have Adam and Eve. I had an Alan and Brandy. But I can tell you right now, sometimes they just didn't do what I told them. Alan, when he came home from the Navy one time, he came home with a couple of buddies to stay with him. And we were sitting around goofing off at night and hitting on each other and bruising my arm because I was the oldest one in the group. Alan said, you know what, Dad? I think I could take you now. I said, you know what, son? You probably could, but I know where you're going to rest tonight. And I'll kill your little self. <clears throat> you ever wonder what God was thinking when He made man? It wasn't to make Him what to make Him perfect. One of the amazing facts about the creation of humans is that each person is new, is unique, made in God's image. No two people are created exactly the same. It's true with our families. There may be two, or there may be a dozen children in the family. Yet they're all unique. Do you know there's only one you in the world? So the difference that you make is the difference that God will put you in to make you different. He will make you different. He will have people looking at you and saying, you're a preacher. <laughs> I almost slapped a guy one night for saying that. It made me so mad. I said, What's, why do you think I couldn't preach? Y'all are going to say you can't either after today. But anyway, I said, why do you think I couldn't preach? He said, I know where you come from. I said, God does too. And he's buried that as deep as the east is from the west. It's never going to come up again except from somebody like you. People that don't know you don't know you. But you're still unique. You know what I told him? I was created in God's image. Brush that off, big guy. He'd have caught me because he couldn't run very fast. But anyway, 
And now, if this is true in a family, how much more is it true in the church? How many, how many know, know somebody just a little bit different? Dr. Mark Rutland used to be over the uh, missionary. Uh, he was director of missions for the Assemblies of God for years. He told his story one time. He said that he, he came from a family with a pastor and that they uh, moved around a lot. And he said they came to this little community and said a guy come riding up on a Harley. And his name was Bubba. Now, if you see Bubba on the Harley, Bubba's fixing to cause trouble. First of all, he's riding a Harley. Second of all, his name's Bubba. If a guy's named Bubba, watch out. But anyway, he came up to Dr. Mark. He said, get ready in the morning when I get here. I'm going to give you a beating like you've never had in your life. I do that to all the new kids. Mark said, my brother, John, is in prison right now for murder. He said, John was a guy that would beat you up and hurt you. Anyway, he said, John was standing there, and John didn't say a word. He said, they went on home that night, and uh, Dr. Mark said, I couldn't get that out of my mind. I just kept thinking about it. That guy was going to kill me in the morning. I can't do anything about it. He's bigger than me. So he said, I got an idea. He went in John's room. He said, John, I need some help. He said, Bubba's going to kill me in the morning. John said, no, he's not going to kill you. He said, yeah, he is. He said, he told me today he's going to beat me up. John said, I ain't fighting your battles for you. You fight your own battles. You know God tells us that every day. But he always takes care of those big battles for us. But Mark got to, got to school the next day, and Bubba told him, get on the second step of the gym, and when, when Bubba comes up, you'll be eye-to-eye with Bubba. That means Bubba was two foot taller than Mark. He got up on that step, and he come by, and he said, Bubba, you may beat me up. You may hurt me bad, but I'm going to fight you with everything I got. You may kill me, but I'm going to hurt you too. Bubba stood there a minute. He put his hand on his shoulder. He said, oh, little buddy, I was just kidding. And he walked off. Mark said, come on back. Come on back, big boy. You want some of me? Just come on back. He looked behind him, and John was standing right behind him. That's the way Jesus is with us. Did you folks know that? Just about the time that we think I can't do this, God just comes right on into the situation. Man, I could tell you some things that's happened in the last six months with us after two and a half years of nothing but arguing with people. I could tell you about some things that's happened in the last six months and you'd say you're crazy. I'd say it too, except it happened for me, so I can say it. God is doing things in my family. God is doing things in our church. God is doing things in our community. I hear more people talking about God today than I've ever heard them talk about in my entire life. You know why? I believe they know He's coming soon. I believe they know all the stuff that, about the stock market and all the other stuff we're hearing. Yeah, it's going to happen. I'm going to be out of here, but it's going to happen. All the stuff that's going on right now is not going to change. Not going to get any better. I hate that for you guys. I'm sorry. I don't mean to scare you all. I hope I don't. But God is going to take care of His people. God didn't create us to sit back behind a broom straw. straw I can't say straw. Behind a broom straw and wait for somebody to do it for us. 
He has called us to go you therefore into all the world. Not just in Panama City either, by the way. It's good to go to Port St. Joe. It's definitely good to go to Highland View where I was raised. That Port St. Joe is a suburb of Highland View, if y'all didn't know that. But anyway, it's good to go to Highland View to your old stomping grounds. I went out there the other day. I was going to go visit some people. I don't know nine people in Highland View anymore. But I don't know nine people in Highland City a lot of times. Anyway, but anyway, how much more is it true in the church? How much more is it true among people as a whole? And if it's true in physical and social relationships, it's also true in critical matters. Jesus demonstrated this when he encountered certain, when he encountered certain people. All the gospels are filled with things that Jesus dealt with daily. Jesus dealt one-on-one relationships. Never do we read in Scripture where He dealt with situations always the same. You know, it's so important when you uh, see somebody that's going through a crisis or having a hard time and you go up to them and say, I know what you're going through. No, you don't. You ain't even going through what they're going through, so how would you know what they're going through? You may can relate to what they're going through, but you don't know what they're going through. Jesus did. Jesus does. Jesus knows how to deal with those situations. Took me a while to learn that. I'm still learning every day. One of these days, I'm going to get to heaven. He's going to say, why didn't you pay attention when I tried to talk to you? That's going to scare me to death, but I believe he's going to ask us that. How many times has he said you told you to go here or go there, and you went where you wanted to go? You know, one of the things that I say a lot when I preach, and I probably shouldn't, is I just bought a new boat. (laughs) No, I better not, Sister Deborah, I won't go there. The preacher went fishing today. Did y'all know that? You know what? I wish he'd stay and go fishing next Sunday. I wish he'd take two weeks off. I wish he'd start taking care of himself. Has he ever encouraged any of you? He encourages me. Straighten up. Lord, take care of you. <laughs> no, he, ta- he, he, he definitely reaches out to us every day. A lot more than we realize. And this time that he's taken off, it's deserved. And you know what he's doing? He's spending time with his dad. Ain't that great? You know the time's coming one of these days when you can't sit in your lap of your dad. When you can't sit across from him beside the bed, when you can't hold his hand when he wants you to talk, the day's coming when he won't be there. Love him while he's still here. Love mom while she's still here. You're going to miss them when they're gone. Where did that come from? That's got nothing to do with what I'm even talking about. But Jesus dealt on one-on-one relationships. Jesus always met people where they were. He didn't demand that they adjust everything to his channel, so to speak. I hear people sometimes say, well, if it had been planned different, I would have made it. Really? Three times in a row, it should have been planned different. Five times in a row, it should have been planned different. Y'all get where I'm going here? Nicodemus knew what he had to do. Nicodemus knew who God was. Jesus was. He knew that Jesus was coming. Jesus' ministry was already important to people. He'd already healed the sick, raised the dead, did all the things he'd done, and Nicodemus knew it, but he came to him after dark. But instead, 
of Jesus putting him down, Jesus turned to them. He identified with their problem. He established a broken relationship. He freely offered in faith to those who were hurting. Have you ever wondered how Jesus or why Jesus dealt with Nicodemus? In verses 1 and 2, this was Jesus' first trip to Jerusalem after he began his public ministry. Jesus had already done many miracles and word had spread fast. So in this trip to Jerusalem, his popularity was an all-time high. In the latter part of John chapter 2, it tells us of how great crowds of people were attracted to Jesus. It draws a comparison between people who were following Christ out of curiosity and Nicodemus who showed a much deeper level of sincerity. Jesus saw this immediately. Who was this man Nicodemus? He was a wealthy he was wealthy, Scripture says. And I read in, in a couple of uh, commentaries that at Jesus' death, Nicodemus bought a mixture of myrrh and alloys, approximately 75 pounds. Only a rich man could have done that. You know it's hard for a rich man to come to, to, come to Christ? I'll go out on a limb, and I probably ought not to. If you're investing in a $65 million aircraft for a, an evangelist, you're investing in the wrong thing. God help me if I'm wrong. I believe that with all my heart. There's too many people that could be fed with that $65 million. There's too many people that could be helped with that $65 million. There's too many people that needs that $65 million. There's too many people that's hurting that we could reach out to better than that. I didn't expect to get any amends, but I'm glad I did. Nicodemus was also a Pharisee. The Pharisees were supposed to be the best people in the world. They vowed to spend their lives studying every detail of the scribal law. To the Jews, the law was the most sacred thing in the world. It consisted of the first five books of the uh, Old Testament, the Pentateuch, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Nicodemus was, among other things, was a ruler of the, Jew, of the Jews. He was a member of the spiritual Sanhedrin, of the Sanhedrin, the 70 member Supreme Court of the Jews. In other words, Nicodemus was somebody. You ever meet somebody? How many of you ever met somebody that you know that thought there was somebody and you knew there was nobody? Does that make sense? I'm not saying that again. How many of you ever met somebody like that? And you knew right off the bat when they started talking to you or started visiting with you that what they were saying, they knew nothing about it. And what did you do about it? Did you tell them, you don't know what you're talking about, pal. I do that to my friends all the time, and they do not like it. But they always invite me to go back and eat breakfast with them during the week. I love sitting down at the table with the know-it-all. I pick him apart, boy. You think you know that? Where did you get that from? Where did you hear that at? How do you know that for sure? Ask him that. How do you know that for sure? Well, I read it. Where did you read it? I can't remember some book. Well, then you didn't read it. You're just saying that. Hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm doing a lot of uh, rabbit hunting here, but I got a friend that won a million-dollar scratch-off. Oh, and he was singing his praises how he'd won that million dollars. He said, and I gave $100,000 to a church. I said, what for? He said, I told the preacher if I won the lottery, I'd give him $100,000. I 
I said, why did you do that? Well, God will honor that. I said, are you a Christian? He hung his head down. I said, no, he won't. Until you start serving him, I don't care what you give. He will bless you for that gift. But he'll bless you more if you accept him as Lord of your life. You can't buy your way where you're going. You know what he said to me? I don't like you. I said, you know what? I love you and you're going to be all right. Because if you, I said, I've never won the lottery. You know why? He said, why? I said, because I never buy a ticket. I got this thing figured out. If God will bless me, I don't need the lottery to bless me. That's not to say if one of them guys offered me $100,000, I would probably take it. I could invest that in some good people in this world. I could invest that in... Every time I would go somewhere, Helen, we went to... Never mind. I told you I was chasing rabbit. To the Jews, the law was the most sacred thing. We're met. So in Nicodemus, we have a wealthy man, a fanatically devoted believer, I mean religious leader, a man of national promise, and this man came to a homeless prophet who was a carpenter named Jesus in Galilee. So as we examine the personality of Nicodemus, we discover a cultured, refined, educated man who was not experiencing the soul satisfaction in life for which he longed for. But just as the Holy Spirit does today, he began working on Nicodemus. So Nicodemus could receive what he was trying to find in life. Do you know any wealthy people? The only one I've ever met was the one that won that million dollars. <laughs> Have you ever met a wealthy person that was serving the Lord and really serving the Lord? Most wealthy people are quick to give to organizations. Did you know that? You know who supports organizations? Us. We'll give quicker than a wealthy person. We'll go quicker than a wealthy person. Since I've retarded, I mean retired, I can do a lot of things I didn't used to do. I can go a lot of places I didn't used to go. I can tell a lot of people about Jesus. You know, one of the things that I, that, that <laughs> I went and checked out at Walmart the other day with the list Helen gave me and the little clerk said, are you the Walmart preacher? I said, I beg your pardon? She said, people have described you a real tall, white-headed person. I said, that could be anybody. Look around, all the old people coming here to relax. She said, no, you're the Walmart preacher. Anybody calls me the Walmart preacher, I'm going to punch them out. Just like I told that clerk, I'll hurt you. You do that one more time. But I don't mind praying in Walmart. It ain't my fault if I start praying. I pray long and two or three people that wasn't standing there walk up and start praying with me and pretty soon you got five or six people standing around the produce and you got people watching you. Jesus had people watching him. Jesus had people following him because he didn't care where he was or who he was talking to. He just knew they needed something and he was reaching out to them. Mine a lot of the time is somebody like Brother Little that's got cancer that's 90 years old. Bless his heart, he's walking like a 50-year-old. He walks a mile a day. He came up to me and he said, uh, I, I got to go to the hospital next week. I said, really? He said, yeah. I said, what's going on? And he told me. I said, well, he said, I want you to put me on the prayer list. I said, I'll do better than that. Let's pray right now. 
He said, in here. I said, why not in here? Ain't you sick in here? He said, but you're going to pray for me right here. I said, right here. We were over by the potatoes because I just picked up a bag. <laughs> Put on, got him by the hands and I started praying. You know what his wife said to me? It's crazy. You know what? I may be crazy for Jesus, but there ain't nothing else going to stop me from doing what he's called me to do. Somebody asked me the other day, said, what do you do when your wife can't come to church with you? Pray for her before I leave, and I get back, I pray for her again. And while I'm here, I pray for her. Every time. Alan called me last night, and he said, Dad, when you preach it again, I said, tomorrow you need to come get saved. Do you see him? <laughs> He's saved, I'm kidding. But, you know, a lot of the times when we say things, Brother J.P., we have to be careful, because he'll get me back probably around some of our friends. But when Nicodemus found Jesus, who was trying to clear up Nicodemus's confusion, Jesus approached him from a spiritual side, not an educational side. We see immediately Nicodemus was confused. And in verse 4, he asked, he said, how can a man be born again when he's old? Now, Nicodemus, I think in this, 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 this verse, I think he was being a little bit facetious. How can a man enter into the womb the second time? Can he enter in and be born again? He knew that wasn't what Jesus was talking about. He understood that wasn't what Jesus was talking about. Nicodemus was a smart man, an intellectual. But you know, intellectuals are the ones that will say, you really believe that? Let me get you by the hand and pray for you and see what you feel. Do that to an intellectual. You know what they'll do? No, I ain't got time for that right now. You're going to have time one day. One of these days, we're going to have time. We see immediately Nicodemus was confused. And that's when he asked in verse 4. But could Nicodemus be making fun of the same thing our world makes fun of today? Virgin birth. Killed three days later, he rose again. Still alive, and he's sitting at the right hand of the Father. You know politicians that they make fun of who Jesus is? Not all of them. You know there's, I won't go there either. Is it possible Nicodemus could have been implying, Lord, how can a man whose habits and ways of thinking that's already fixed be expected to change so radically? The night I got saved, I went to a Baptist church to hear uh, Good old, uh, I can't think of his first name, Brother Odom, but anyway, at Long Avenue Baptist Church. And I was standing there and on the outside, and Helen was standing by me. And uh, they gave the invitation to, to come down for prayer or to get saved. I told God, I said, God, if you let Helen go, I'll go. Don't ever do that. That is not the right thing to do. As soon as I said that, she said, get out of the way. i got to go to the altar. I'm about to bust. Now I'm standing there waiting for God to strike me dead because I didn't move. You ever worry about things like that? If you make God a promise, He's waiting for you to answer. But I went down to the altar that night and I got saved. The next weekend there was a tournament in Vernon. And I was playing on a traveling team, softball, and we were going to play in that tournament. 
I called them Friday night and I said, guys, I'm not going to go tomorrow. And they said, why? I said, I just don't think I ought to go. They said, why? You, 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 there's got to be a reason. I said, well, I got saved and I don't want to put up with the kind of language I'm going to hear. Just be honest with you. You know, five of those guys called me the next day after they lost the first two games. They didn't play no more. They called me and they said, you know what, Ben? I don't believe I've ever heard anybody give up what you gave up. I said, I didn't give up nothing. I'm a Christian now. I'm following Jesus. It was hard, let me tell you. It was hard, but God took away my yesterday. I think Jesus was thoroughly convinced of Nicodemus' sincerity. So he told him in verse 5, unless he was born of water and of the Spirit, he could never enter into the kingdom of God. Let's turn to Titus 3, 1 through 11 real quick. Put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers, to obey magistrates, to be ready to every good work, to speak evil of no man, to be no brawlers, but gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving divers' lusts and pleasures, living in malice, envy, hateful, hating one another. You know what that verse describes today? America. The greatest country in the world is described in one verse. I broke my heart when I read that because I thought, God, that's us. But after that, the kindness and love of God, our Savior, toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which He shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, that being justified by His grace, we should be heirs according to the hope of eternal life. This is a faithful saying, and these things I will that thou affirm constantly, that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable unto men. But avoid foolish questions and genealogies and contentions and strivings about the law, for they are unprofitable and vain. A man that is a heretic, after the first and second admonition, reject him, knowing that he that is such is subverted and sinneth being condemned to himself. You know, we can turn on God one more time too, too late. If you're here today and you don't know who God is, I won't tell you who He is. He's the Savior of this world. He's my confidant. He's my help. He's the one that moves mountains that the world says can't be moved. He's the one in the middle of the Red Sea with the best army in the world coming after you, and He'll kill everybody that's following you, and you'll get across to the other side and look back and say, how did we ever do that? You didn't. God did and he'll keep doing it. He'll do it again. Why did he ask? Maybe for clarification. Maybe because he knew this man was true, real, touchable. And this man dealt with him individually. And actually gave good direction. Jesus told Nicodemus that just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. 
that everyone who believes in Him will have eternal life. In verses 14 and 15 of John, and you can read those later, this was the moment of decision for Nicodemus. When does our moment of decision come? If you're here today and you feel a little bit uncomfortable, you feel like there's a little bit of something that you haven't given up. That's not your mom or your dad talking to you. That's the Holy Spirit talking to you. There are times when I'm sitting down here on the front row that I can't wait to get on my knees. And there are times when I fight it. I'm human. Pastor Tony, I think, anoints our services, our prayer service. There's not very many of us on Monday night. And, and you could probably take a poll and they'd tell you the same thing I'm telling you. I have felt the Spirit move in this place. Back there, Monday night, there was power in that place. You know why? Pastor Tony's online praying in there. Don't think that what he's praying ain't spilling over in here. Don't think that what he's proclaiming back there ain't being proclaimed in here. Don't think that the same God that he's talking about in there ain't the same God that's in here. If you're not coming on Monday night, God bless you. Find time to listen to Pastor Tony on, on Monday afternoon if you can't come to prayer. We understand that's why he's doing it. There's power. And more than one when you pray. We're two or more gathered, we're armies. You've got to believe today that that army is me and you. And we're advancing every day. Your problem may look bigger than you can handle. Been there, done that. But every time I handled it, when I looked back, I saw footprints. Just like that song, Footprints in the Sand. Every time God carries you, you can look back and see His footprints. God is a moving God. If our praise team would come back, I'm trying to close here today. Nicodemus responded to Jesus. But based on the future appearances of Nicodemus in Scripture, we can surmise that he became a believer in Jesus Christ. Jesus met and dealt with Nicodemus where he was. And God hadn't changed. You know, there are people that are dedicated to God. There are people dedicated to Christianity. When I was over Glad Tidings in Weewa, when I was a lot younger, I did our youth. I had 45 kids in that youth group. Five of them are in the ministry right now. But there's a guy in the church, an older gentleman at that time, I don't know how old Brother D's was, he couldn't hardly walk, couldn't hardly see, couldn't hear real well. But I'd left something on my desk back in our youth hall. I was going to get it. It was about 11 o'clock, I guess it was, and I told him I'm going to run to the church for a minute and pick up something. I'll be right back. When I went in the door, I fell over something. I thought, what in the world? Somebody left something laying on the floor. It was Brother D's laying on the floor praying. Brother D's, you couldn't hear a word that he was saying. But I love to stand beside him on Sunday morning because the power of the Holy Spirit was all around that man. I know what Brother D's is doing today. He's casting those crowns. 
He's around the throne of God today. Brother D's never asked for anything. You had to beg him to go to lunch with you because he thought he'd have to buy it. He didn't have the money. What are we giving to God today? Are we like Nicodemus or is there confusion? Is there something that we don't understand? Is there something that we need to give up that we haven't gave up yet? Can I not do it because of my family? My friends won't understand. Let me tell you, if your friends don't understand you being a Christian, maybe you need to slow down a little bit with your visiting with those friends. I had a handkerchief somewhere. My basketball nose is dribbling right off. Nicodemus wanted to know who Jesus was. And Jesus wants the same that Nicodemus wants. He wants us to meet him where we are in every circumstance. God doesn't control our destiny, but He does control where we go, what kind of life we lead, and where our ministry takes us. Some of you are probably going to laugh at me when I say this. At 76 years old, I've asked God, God, am I in the right place? Is this the place where I need to be? I can't do what I used to do. You know what Pastor Tony tells me? He tells me neither can he. He has never told me that I won't stand with you and I won't help you. Right now, he won't let me move a chair. He won't let me do anything except what he asked me to do. You know why Pastor Tony's got a heart like that? Because he prays to the same God that we pray to. A heart of compassion will make your church grow. I've had visions about this church, and I'm not a prophet. And Brother Brother Tony's time at this church, we're going back to two services. I'm praying it ain't long. We used to have those two services and both services. The Holy Spirit moved in both of them. God wants us to step out in faith, believing today that that faith that carried us before the storm is the faith that's going to carry us after the storm. Is there going to be situations we don't understand? If you ain't got one of those, please get with me after church and tell me how you handle them. If you ain't ever had one, you will have God knows where we are, and He knows. You know, sometimes I get to thinking, have I ever killed a Christian? Have I ever said something to anybody that was a Christian and they didn't come back to church? Have I ever done anything to anybody and not know I did it and they're not serving the Lord anymore? That would kill me. I would worry about those kind of things. You know, I was working with the uh, the seniors in our church. You know, there's some special people in that group of seniors. There's people that you say, can you do this? Would you do that? You don't have to ask them twice. They just do it.
I'm going somewhere. I'm trying to close this. I really am. But Saul, who became Paul, had killed a lot of Christians. Jonah, who became an evangelist after God dealt with him. David, who was a peeping Tom King, who committed murder. Samson, who asked for one more chance. How bad have we got to be before Jesus says, Come unto me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. I've been at a place where I didn't know what I was going to do next. I've been at a place where I've called people and said, Pray for me. There used to be a lady in uh, Callaway Assembly named Sister Johnston. I used to go by and see Ron every Tuesday or son. Ron was paralyzed from her neck down. And I'd go visit with Ron. He was too smart for his britches. His mind was sharper than any mind I believe I've ever encountered. You had a computer problem? If you had a cigarette lighter, if you were a smoker and it didn't crack, he would, he would fix it without the flint. I don't know how he done it. Ron could do anything. Would you go tell Sister Johnston, pray for me for this problem that I got going on right now. Three weeks later, a month later, she'd say, can I stop praying or do you still want me to pray? How many of us today still have that kind of dedication? How many of us today still go and do that? Don't let a hard heart because God didn't do it fast enough, soon enough, when it seemed to need when you need it most. Don't let that ruin your happiness. Because finally Nicodemus looked to God and he asked God, show me your power. God looked at him and said, have you lost your hearing? Have you lost your heart? Is your vision on me or what I can do? Or has your heart become hard and you won't accept what I'm offering you? Have we stopped being happy? How do we stop being contented? How do we stop being all we can be? Most of us knows the tug on our heart by the Holy Spirit. He's tugging on somebody's heart this morning. Somebody needs to rededicate their life to the Lord this morning. Somebody needs to get saved today. Somebody needs to move toward Him today. You've already been reborn. Most of us probably baptized in the Holy Spirit. But how far do we want God to go in getting our attention? To soften a hard heart. What if God moved us to another land as He did Abraham? I got to thinking about how I'd been praying, God, if this is not where I need to be, I'll go where you want me to. I don't know how I will, but I will. Every time you see me show up around here on Sunday, I'm a happy, happy camper. I love you guys. I love Bear Creek. You guys have been good to me. I appreciate that. I ain't going nowhere else before I die. And it ain't going to be long. Because if the government don't kill us, we will walk that road like everybody else one of these days. What if he called us out of retirement? Remember Moses? 
How about the voice of an angel to the bowel of a fish? Think about Gideon, Gideon or Jonah. How about a promotion like Daniel's or a demotion like Samson's? See, God does what it takes to get our attention. It's the message of the Bible, the relentless pursuit of God. God on the hunt. God in the search. In the search. God peeking under the bed for us hiding kids sometimes. How many of you ever hid under a bed? You know an enemy can see under that bed. If you can hit under that bed, the enemy can see under that bed. Where are you trying to hide today? What are we trying to hide that God can't see? See, He's stirring the bushes for lost sheep. He's searching, wrestling, pulling us with hard hearts back to Him over and over and over again. Kind, then stern. Tender, then tough. Faithfully firm. Patiently urgent. Eagerly tolerant. Waiting intently for us. See, God will not call us without equipping us. He'll not send us by ourselves. He won't send us with carnal weapons. He'll send us with the sword of the Spirit. And He'll equip us. Even when the world is turning its back on Christianity. What are we waiting for today? Is God tugging on some hearts? Is God doing something that He hadn't done in your life in a while? Is He speaking to you louder than He's ever spoke before? There is a reason. The Bible says that God will never leave us and never forsake us. Too many of us has left Him and forsaken Him. You're here this morning. You're not one of those, I know. How many people do you encounter every day? How many of you will be called a Walmart preacher? How many of you will be called somebody that will go when you're called? I hate getting sick. I'd rather do anything than be sick. I went to the, the AD the other day back to the doctor. She told me, she said, what do you do? I said, what do you mean, what do I do? Why are you asking me that? She said, because you look like you're in good shape. <laughs> I said, I got bad knees, I got bad back, I got a bad bowel, I got all kinds of things going on, Doc. Do you still want to hear about this? She said, well, no, most of them. How's your lungs? I said, they're just little things. It's all these other things that's keeping me back right now. I don't ever want to get to the point where I got to lay in bed somebody to take care of me. It may happen. I can't do anything about it. But I tell you what, I hope when God comes, He splits the, just like He's going to split the eastern side, sky, and I'm going to be out of here. That's how I want Him to take me. The Bible says in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, it was just that quick. I went to a funeral Wednesday to a lady who used to be secretary at Callaway, Sister Pearl South. Most of you probably know her. Never been to a funeral that I enjoyed going to like that one. 
Everybody knew where Sister Pearl was. Everybody said good things about Sister Pearl. You know why? That's the kind of life she lived. Now, I didn't say that about Earl. I said that about Pearl. Earl's another one. Brother Earl's a good man, too, but he's a lot different than Sister Pearl. But when that funeral's over and I left, I said, God, I'm a crier. Did y'all know that? You know, when I came back from Vietnam, I couldn't cry. Didn't like nobody, didn't want nobody to like me. I'd take care of it, leave me alone. But when I got saved, I began to pray, God, I want to cry again. Don't ever ask God for anything and really mean it. I cry at the drop of anything anymore. And the older I get, the worse it gets. My granddaughter called me the other day and she said, Hey, Pa, can you go with me to Dothan? What in the world are we going to Dothan for? She said, I got some stuff I need to pick up. Mom and Dad can't go. And I don't want to go by myself. And you want me to go with you? You bet you. What time we going? But you know what? We got to be that way all our lives with everybody. Even Earl South, you might want to go eat with him one day. I am. He'll insult me the whole time, but I'm going. But I love people. I don't want to be sick. If you got a need today, if God's tugging on your heart today, then I've done what I should do. If He's tugging on your heart and you don't make a move here today, make your move when you get out of here today. You know, I even pray in the car once in a while. I was singing the other day at a red light. Cutting it out, boy, I was doing some singing. And a guy pulled up beside me and he told his buddy, he said, look at that old guy. I rolled the window down and said, can you hear it? Listen to it. It's Jesus speaking to you. You don't know how to roll the window down. He'll just be in the cab of the truck with you. You'll be driving down the road like a crazy person and not know anybody's noticing you and they are run them off the road they'd notice that why would they notice you singing I have a sun visor in my truck it's got names that I pray for every day sometimes I get interested in that sun visor instead of driving the truck I need to quit that but if you're here today and you've got a need I want to pray with you and we will and I'm closing with this right now and I'm right on time. Be sure and tell Brother Tony I went over. Five minutes. Father, we thank you today. God, I love you today. Thank you for your presence in this place today. God, thank you for moving around our altars. God, I pray that as we go from this place today that you'll protect us, that you'll keep us, Lord, and that you'll help us to return to your house at your appointed time. Help us today, God, to hear your voice in the times of stress and discouragement, things that happen. Lord, help us today to be a light in a dark place. Help us to be part of the light, Lord, that shines every day. God, let us never walk past where your leading is. Let us not never go a different direction but walk straight toward you and see you and hear you and know your voice. God, I thank you so much for your protection. Thank you, Lord, for the beautiful day today. God, I thank you for every blessing. And I know today 
that you, Lord, are raining them down on us, one after the other. God, I thank you for this people today that have sat here and listened to me ramble. But God, I rambled about you. And I rambled about what you would have us to ramble about. God, I thank you for your word today. I pray, Lord, that it would fall on fertile ground. That we would know today that you're still that same God. We may be intellectually wise as far as the Bible. Let our hearts and our minds be wise towards you. We give you praise today. We give you all the glory today. We lift you up today. And we thank you for showing up today. In Jesus' name. Go with us as we leave this place today. Again, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you all for coming. joining our podcast. Here at Bear Creek AG, our goal is to help others know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. Have a great week.